0: Welcome to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. Our guests this season will tell us about their big dreams, they'll share about their challenges and successes that they've had along their journey. Listen in and we hope you'll learn something and maybe even have some fun with us along the way. Good morning, Amy. Hello. Here we are uh, deep into season two, I guess, and uh, we've got a couple of guests in the studio this morning.
1: Two of my very, very best friends are in the studio with us this morning, Jared.
0: Yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> I'm so that. excited. Not one, but two. Not you two. get double I the trouble. Have two
1: best friends, and they're <laughs> both here with me this morning.
0: Well, both of our guests have done a lot for the Lubbock community. That's right. Uh, but more specifically, what we're going to get into is the Buddy Holly Hall in Valley Lubbock. Uh, and... Um, I'm really excited about this episode. You want to you dive in and tell us about our guests?
1: Yeah. So, Jared, I'm so excited, as I said, to have two of my very dearest friends on the podcast um, with us this morning. Michelle Stevens is executive director of Buddy Holly Hall, of the Buddy Holly Hall of Performing Arts and Sciences, and then the wonderful Nick Draga, who's executive director of Bally Lubbock, are both here with us this morning. So we're going to have a lot of fun. And
0: I'm glad to have everybody in the studio this morning, and uh, you want to just dive in? Yeah, let's, let's do, do this. All right. Here we go.
2: So Buddy Holly Hall was a joke that went way too far.
1: <laughs> $148
2: million <dollar> joke. Yeah. <laughs> we kept we kept looking at each other like, when are we pulling the plug? And then we're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> this is really happening. Everybody
3: just drink more wine. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> so welcome.
1: Welcome, everyone. To the Spirit of West Texas podcast studio, we have such a fun group with us today. My good friends, Nick Draga and Michelle Stevens are in the podcast studio today. There's no better way to start a Monday morning than talking with two of my very, very favorite people. Over coffee, quit it. Quit it. Our
3: favorite person too. Wait,
2: I just came for the drinks. Are we recording something? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, this is serious. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: This is serious. I mean, you no, wore a suit. So- You're professional.
1: Ah, yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Hold on. He, he did. You do look super nice today, by oh, the thank way. You, Very thank
2: you. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> so when our team was talking about who to bring in for season two of the podcast, a season where we where we're talking about. Big dreams. I immediately felt like I wanted to have someone in to talk about Buddy Holly Hall because I can't think of anything bigger and more impressive than Buddy Holly Hall and what it's done for the landscape of Lubbock. So,
2: welcome to the (laughs) podcast, Nick (laughs) and Michelle.
1: Thanks,
2: baby. Dream no little dreams. (laughs) Thank
1: y'all so much for being here with us this morning.
2: Thanks for having us. Excited to be here.
1: it's good.
3: So for those listening who live outside of Lubbock, Michelle, will you tell us a little bit about Buddy Holly Hall? Sure. Um, The Buddy Holly Hall, gosh, the idea and the dream for a performing arts center for Lubbock goes back decades, um, almost 40 years. You can go back and look at um, City of Lubbock strategic plans and see where they had planned um, and desired for a performing arts center. And so just took a little while for us to get there. Um, The actual process of Buddy Holly Hall started in about uh, 2013. And so we started. Um, put together LEPA, the 501c3 organization that privately owns and operates the building, and um, then started the design process. We um, broke ground in 2017 and then opened up in 2021. So you've been involved
1: in Buddy Holly Hall from the beginning pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I mean, I know LEPA was established in 2013. Tell us when you kind of when you came on board.
3: I came on board in 2015, and so we were right in the middle of the design process and working with the architects and with our partners, Valley Lubbock and Lubbock ISD, um, just kind of putting the building together and just dreaming what it could be and you know what would best suit the needs of our community. So, what did that look like?
1: I mean, I, we have brainstorming sessions all the time in marketing. I mean, I can imagine this was like one
3: heck of a brainstorming session, you know? uh, Yes. um, Tons of awesome people were involved in it. We had three architect firms. um, The design firm of the theater was out of Canada, Diamond Schmidt, and they're world renowned for theater design. So they came to Buddy Holly Hall after completing the uh, redesign of the Marinsky Theater in St. Petersburg, Russia. And then they came and did Buddy Holly Hall, and now they're doing uh, the remodel of the Lincoln Center in New York. So, you know, this is kind of their jam. They're known all over the world for theater design. And then we had MWM and Park Hill here locally as well. And so architects, um, engineers, our board members, tons of community input. Um, You know, it's really fun. I love to tell stories about the Canadian architects because just the translation between Canadians and Texans sometimes, you know, it's, it's fun. And so, um, they were, we were at a board meeting and they were presenting the color scheme for, um, for the theater. And so, you know, it was like swatches and panels and all these things, and they were so excited about it and they're telling us about it. And, um, so we see the one for the crickets theater and, you know, we'd already had discussion about, well, there's going to be a bunch of kids in there, so we don't want white seats. And so they had the blue swatches and it was great. So then they show the, um, designed for the large hall, and it was beige seats, which we liked that. And then um, they showed the wall color panels, and it was silence. I mean, crickets from the board. (laughs) And the architects are just sitting there like, What's going on? You know, and then somebody said, "Well, I guess we should t- probably explain to them why we can't have maroon walls in Lubbock, Texas." Yes, no and so, walls. Yeah. And so, you know, it wasn't quite Aggie maroon, but it, it was pretty close. Yeah, I you mean, know, it was pretty close. And so, you know, while you're at it, we can't have burnt orange either. So, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, anyway, just really funny, and you know, just but the level of discussion and detail that everyone went through was just crazy i mean just every single thing was thought through in such detail because we wanted it to be so perfect for our community and perfect for the touring productions that come through and just meet all the needs that we've all been longing for for so long. I tell you, everywhere that you read online when I was preparing for this interview, everybody
1: always refers to it as a world-class facility. And it truly is because you've had people from all over the world working on this project since the very beginning. Um, And I mean, just walking in there, I I am fascinated by it. What is your favorite part of Betty Holly Hall? What's your favorite feature? I'm just curious. Everything. Everything.
3: I mean, and it never <laughs> yeah. gets old, you know, I mean, um, I, it's just magical. The building just vibrates. It just kind of hums with this energy that is indescribable. And then, you know, you look at the staircase in the lobby and it's just breathtaking. And then the guitar pick wall is so cool. And you go in the theater and then there's chandelier lights and it's just, it's magic. And every, really every part is my favorite part.
1: So th- these meetings that you were having at the beginning, did everybody get along? Did I, was everybody on the same page from the very beginning?
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skip. <laughs> no, i just kidding. Yeah, I mean, we all knew ultimately what we wanted. But, you know, managing a project like this, when which has never been done here, I mean, none of us had ever built a performing arts center. You know, we, we're just kind of doing the best that we can and making decisions, um, the best that we could. And, and the LEPA board of directors really did an excellent job of managing budget and, you know, making really difficult decisions, putting dollars where, you know, it would be the most impactful.
1: Um, you say LEPA, the Lubbock Entertainment and Performing Arts Association explained to our listeners their role in Buddy Holly Hall.
3: LEPA is um, a 501c3 organization that was formed and created specifically to um, raise the funds and then design and construct Buddy Holly Hall and operate Buddy Holly Hall. So all the money that was raised to pay for the construction of the hall was private dollars. So individuals, uh, corporations, and foundations. So no tax dollars, have gone into it and will not. So we will maintain and operate um, the building independently through LEPA. So, I mean, you talk about a big dream. The, this, this project came with a pretty
1: substantial price tag. Um, how did you go about putting together the story of Buddy Holly Hall so that you could prepare yourself to go share that story and raise funds? How did you do that?
3: You know, in Hansai I look back and I'm like, how did we even do what we did? Because it was just... You know, I think talking to people with passion and from our hearts, I mean, we were really not very coordinated (laughs) in our efforts. It was kind of like, hey, we have this awesome thing we're wanting to do. We think you will be interested in it. Let me tell you about it. And really just, um, you know, the dream and the building, it sells itself. I mean, it's just so magnificent and it truly is world-class. And, um, you know, that's what we wanted. We wanted that for our community. And so just to tell that story, um, and having Betty Holly's name attached to the building doesn't hurt at all. So that, you know, that's really great to have a tribute to his legacy in that way. So what was the most challenging
1: part of that journey, raising those funds?
3: You know, I think we had some, um, we had some really, really big successes early on. And so that kind of set the expectation of, oh, we're gonna get these you know, huge donations all the time. And, and of course that's not realistic. Um, so just having to kind of manage our own expectations, I think was probably one of uh, the biggest challenges. And um, you know, I mean, like anything, it, like anything, there's always people who say, oh, that'll never happen, that'll never happen. And so once we broke ground, I think people were like, oh, this is really happening. This is great. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's really great to say nanny nanny boo-boo mm-hmm. we did it. You yeah. know? <laughs>
0: it
1: was been that way since you were little and it's yeah. still today. So, so, It the feels so good to say that. <laughs> so would you say that that groundbreaking, I was gonna ask you this and then you just said that was was there a moment and maybe it was the groundbreaking when you felt the momentum really start to pick up and things to start really moving forward.
3: I think for me, really more, it was um, seeing the steel go up. So when you actually saw the 220,000 square foot framed out, um, you know, that was, that was cool. That's when you're like, okay, this is getting real. This is going to happen. Yeah.
1: So... You're used to going work and you're a marketing girl like myself, wearing heels and dresses to work every day. Did you keep like boots and a hard hat in the back of your car? Well, of course, Amy.
3: <laughs> I got my, I got myself some pink construction boots. Yeah, you because did. <laughs> if I had to wear boots out there, by golly, they were gonna be pink. That's so that. yeah. <laughs> so Nick, when
1: did Ballet Lubbock become involved in the project? <sighs>
2: Well, we, you know, we 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 talk about Bally Lubbock and Betty Holly Hall is a good way to spend ten years of your life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I, you know, it kind of dates our story into it was, um, I mean, it dates back as early as 2011 when Bally Lubbock was sort of, you know, our school was growing and we were kind of looking that we needed more facility space at our current facility, and I often joke that, you know, because that our, our previous facility was built in 2004, like not really that long ago. And we talk about in the board minutes, it literally says, we will never outgrow this building. And, you know, famous last <laughs> yeah, words. Yeah. And then the school enrollment quintupled and we were out of space. Um,
1: so you started in 2011. So you think that growth is a result of you...
2: Oh yes, I, Coming did to <laughs> I did it. I did it all by myself with no hope. <laughs>
1: just but, kidding. Back yeah, to your question. Right, right.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clear joke. Uh, we well, so we were we're looking for an additional facility space, and we uh, the old ballet Lubbock was next to an empty lot, and I mean, a very quick, easy decision would have been well, let's just buy the lot next door and expand. And there were some board conversations in two thousand. 11, 2012, it's like, well, okay, what, does what a Ballet want to be? Um, and it, we can get real academic about it, but we're talking about dreams and, and does it, you know, are we, is it dance education, ballet classes, or is there something maybe a little bit larger about being a bigger part of the cultural fabric of West Texas? And what, is, what does that mean? And, um, our community engagement and outreach programs were growing and transportation is an issue and, and just our, Location didn't really serve what we were trying to be. So, if Balalabik is going to be a part of the cultural fabric, um, in a part of the arts scene, should we not be a part of the arts district? <laughs> so, so we we kind of had a lot of conversations, and they weren't. I don't, I don't want to say they were difficult, but I mean it was it was very thoughtful. I think conversations on on moving downtown and moving to a part of the cultural arts, and this is kind of before Buddy Holly Hall was conceptualized. Um, and we knew that we were going to, it was going to be harder. It'd take longer. We'd pay a premium to do it, but we thought it'd just better serve our, our stakeholders and our constituents and who we wanted to be. Um, there's a story that does not get told often enough is we were still in these conversations and we received an unsolicited donation and letter from Louise Underwood. Mm-hmm and she just and it was a very simple note there was a check and then it said this is for your new building downtown and we didn't know we were like well i guess if we're moving Louise downtown <laughs> it.
1: I know. Yes. so it shall be
2: yes, yes ma'am <laughs> so we we're like well i guess we're moving downtown so we we looked at several different locations downtown um i, I several in fact we even went as far as we went to the city and and kind of got a um letter of commitment um, for a different piece of land downtown. Um, but then we had a meeting with with Lipa, um I, I think the story goes, and if it's not true, it should be that Yvonne Rotsky, our artistic director, and Kathy Gilbreth ran into each other at you know the Market Street at 19th and Quaker. They were both looking for beans and started up a conversation. <laughs> right. Beans. All great stories start with beans, right? So <laughs> uh, and we're like, well, yeah, we're building something. We're building. Maybe we should get together. And I think we we all kind of was like, sure, sure, sure. Why you know why not? Um, and I think we kind of went into this meeting thinking, like, this is going to be a check-the-box meeting. Like, there's no way this is going to work. Um, but let's take the meeting. And I we took the meeting, and I think really within 10 minutes it went from, yeah, there, there's no way to, there's no way not to do this. Um, and I to me, that is, like, the secret sauce of Buddy Holly Hall. I mean, yes, it is a world-class facility, no doubt, from beginning to end. Um, but it is the collaboration the synergy between the different uses and users and and community members that get put into it and that's that's that energy that I mean from Lubbock ISD to ballet Lubbock to the world-class performances that come through from Broadway to you know rock and roll to you know thrash metal um, coming <laughs> coming next season so <laughs> uh, um, I that to me that that is what made Buddy Holly Hall the success that it is. Um, I mean, yes, they thought through everything, but from my perspective, from the beginning, I mean, it was these fun, difficult but fun conversations of like, okay, we've got so many uses. How do we accommodate all these? And and do do we have to compromise? If you know, if it's not going to be an opera hall versus a symphony hall versus a ballet hall, I you know, I don't know. Can we not do all the things? And I think we, I mean, leap of the board and the architects really found a way to do, all the, do mm-hmm. all the things. It's kind of that unicorn of, yeah, um, and it was it was amazing to be a part of. and you know, and I think people took their time. Um, I think they realized that, you know, it's to do it right, it's going to be harder. Um, you know, but few things of value are accomplished alone and are easy. So it was it was really fun and inspiring. and goodness, being in part of those conversations, I mean, I'm not even a dancer, you know, so I was just like, I mean, I'm like, I'm just a fly on the wall. I'm like, wow, there's some really smart people in this room. (laughs) That's some really interesting, like perspective on things. So it was it was just um, talk about serendipity. I mean, you kind of hear about, you know, oh, back in the day, you know, the people in the room. Right. Um, And it was it was just really inspiring to from all walks of life that came together to kind of dream up this thing that is um, my favorite phrase, and I'll, I'll credit Tim Collins about this, is that we or maybe it was Rob Ellison, he never wanted to hear good enough for Lubbock. Um, and I
1: love that. Yeah.
2: You know, and it was, to me, it was like how, what made it happen. It was kind of the pioneering spirit of West Texas. Yes. We're going to build it for West Texas. This is Lubbock, Texas. We don't have to be anything else because we are Lubbock. Mm -hmm. This is West Texas and And this is, Mm -hmm. and and we deserve it. And this is what we can do. Right. Um, and this is going to be for us.
1: I want to hear you. I love ballet Lubbock for so many reasons. And, um, Tell everyone a little bit about, people may not know about your community outreach program and the students oh. that you serve um, through LISD, Friendship Cooper, and the school districts that you're involved with. Tell us about that.
2: Sure. Okay. Well, I'll give a real brief. So we talked about the three pillars of Ballet Lubbock. So the, the school, which I'm, um, you know, ballet school, um, performances, so Nutcracker, Cinderella, I'll do a short plug for that. <laughs> um, kind of the third component to, Ballet which is honestly, student wise, is the largest portion of our programming um, is our community engagement outreach programming. So um, and that that is varied. We have several programs within that. But the one you're talking about is um, Dance Connect. So um, we. To sum it up, we are now in our 25th elementary school, so we bring dance class directly to the elementary school and we focus on third through fifth grade. Um, And it's in six school districts. So we're Lubbock County and then but from Wilson ISD to Roosevelt to Cooper, Friendship, um, Shallow Water and of course Lubbock. And it started off as a pilot program in 2014. We had three elementary schools and now we have a, a waiting list. And now we're in 25 elementary schools and have 27 classes and reach 450 students a week with it. And kind of our our focus with it is. We are firm believers that you know one performance can change a life, and you know one class can really spark that thing. But um, this program is in the school um, or after school, but it's it's for the entire academic year. So it is a class that you register for. Um, it is free, but you you elect to it, and then we are with um, those children, that students for the full academic year. So it's not just kind of one and done. Um, and then if they show interest, there's, you know, we call it a bridge program, but there's, there's a way to transition into the Bella school, um, campus so they can take classes at Bella at Buddy Holly Hall. Um, and then if, if they show even further interest, if they want, they can, um, transition to, to the Academy. So can
1: you imagine being a student that has no access to that type of activity and maybe is not, you know, sports isn't for every kid. boy or girl. It's not right. Um, and they sort of find their space, their place with Ballet Lubbock in that, that program, and then wind up dancing on stage at Buddy Holly Hall one day. I mean, that's incredible for those kids.
2: Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, um,
1: life changing. It is life
2: changing. I mean, it's uh, people find their thing. I mean, it is, um, Mm -hmm. they find their group of friends. Um, it's, it's, there's a story that kind of, this is early back when I was in graduate school, it happened in Philadelphia, but um, we were watching a lecture demonstration and um, it was, it was a similar program. We were just kind of observing. I was, you know, young grad student and I remember a fourth grader took a class for the first time. And and I remember him saying, I'll stay with me for the rest of my life. He's like, wow, you know, how come no one has asked me how I truly felt until today. And like dance was his, his
1: thing, his thing, mm-hmm. his,
2: his Avenue. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just really powerful. So,
1: so you back up. So now you've been, um, You know, working on this project for several years, you've been fundraising. So we are approaching grand opening. it's something that you've been working for and dreaming about for so long. I know, Michelle, you and I had a lunch one day and we were talking about this big grand opening for Buddy Holly Hall and how excited you were. And I was like, I'll help, you know, let me know what I can do to help. And then COVID hits.
0: (laughs) Fun killer. (laughs) Total fun killer. Yes.
1: I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I'm I'm thinking about this interview and I'm, I'm like, Like here you are trying to open this world-class performing arts facility for our community to open, you know, introduce a world of performing arts to our community. And literally Broadway is shutting down
3: overnight. Mm -hmm. What in the world was that like for you both? So we really, uh, we actually experienced a lot of delays when wrapping up the construction because of COVID. Um, Shipping mainly, um, shipping of materials that we needed from overseas, was a huge problem and so some
2: some can, things can were- i tell the quick story about the seats this is my favorite <laughs> shipping delay <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> well no because the, the seats the fabric and correct me if i'm wrong is like the fabric was manufactured in denmark right? yes but then it had to be shipped to Colombia, yes for like the wood frame you know so both shipping both factories shut down and then so there's an incredible delays and then i think when it finally got on the ship uh, we were gonna have a building. Perfectly finished, except for the theater seats Hmm. (laughs) at one point. They
3: got, Columbia completely shut down. And so like they weren't working, nothing was going in and out or anything for months. And so um, the seats were just stuck there. I mean, they were just stuck there with nobody working on them nothing so
2: and then they finally got on a boat and i don't know if this is true i don't think it actually happened but they were worried about it finally got on a boat and like a hurricane was going to hit the boat yes
3: (laughs) yes we were worried about that yes 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 yes,
2: of course everybody bring your favorite yawn lawn chair chair. (laughs)
3: chair. here we go yeah
1: Oh gosh! Did it, and what did it do to
3: fundraising? Aside from just, I mean, did it stall that? Yeah, yes. I mean, you know, in times of uncertainty, people want to hang on to everything. Mm. You know, toilet paper, mm. money bacon whatever. So, um yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was just an uncertain time and um so that definitely put a halt on things and I think um then really another challenge we had is after kind of after things were getting back together, a lot of people, um companies and foundations were focusing their giving on COVID relief. And so, here we are with, you know, still needing to raise money and really some of the doors that were open for us beforehand were closed. So, you know, just another layer of the the COVID challenge that we faced. So how did you even begin to go about putting a plan
1: together to communicate all of this with your PSL holders and people that had bought tickets and have been so excited? I mean, I would imagine that that communication planning was tremendous.
3: Yes. So, um, you know, really our, you know, our kind of our loyal loyal people, um, they are very, very engaged with us. So it was actually easier, I think, communicating to our PSL holders and some of our constituents than, you know, general public, uh, because man, we just, the people that we have, our friends are our friends, you know, they are so awesome and so loyal and and totally engaged with what we're doing. And it it was great. So I think everyone understood. I mean, everyone's business faced challenges from COVID. There was nobody unaffected. And so, um, you know, there's nothing you can do when you don't have chairs. You can't, you can't have a show. (laughs) (laughs) So for you personally, what did you both learn from that? Experience. So I am not a go with the flow person. I like to have a list and a schedule and i like to have things planned out very far in advance and you know, all the things like y'all are surprised to hear this. I'm, about looking, I'm looking at Brenda sitting behind <laughs> yeah. you and she's like, she's speaking my language yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, Everything's <laughs> <don't> color coded, listed, <laughs> labeled. Um, so having to learn how to shift gears and go with the flow and really truly go with the flow. Um, I, I don't think I really learned that, but um, at least I'm a little better at it than I was before. Mm-hmm. COVID. And you know, what seems like a big deal today may not be a big deal tomorrow. So sometimes you just got to let it go and let life happen. So from now on, when
1: you have some catastrophic something crop up, are you going to be like, at least we have seats? Yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Just sit down,
3: enjoy the comfortable seat fabric- exactly. manufactured in Columbia and delivered safely. No hurricane. So what, Nick, has this new space done for Bally
2: oh um I mean it's it's transformed the organization I mean how many times do you really get to say that and I, I well and I kind of say I mean that's the whole buddy All, the all project it's yeah. one a few times in I think a generation or a life that you can say you know region changing project um I I mean literally it doubled our space I mean almost to, almost to the exact square foot um so it, it doubled our square footage um, but I don't you can't describe the quality of of the enhancement of the space and we went from a metal building to buddy holly hall (laughs) i mean so Mm -hmm. our dance our our dance studios are i mean you're gonna get tired of hearing it world class but i mean we've brought in uh professional groups from new york city dallas orlando um and they're just like wow and they just built facilities (laughs) and they're Mm -hmm. just kind of like man um so i mean it's it's an almost an embarrassment of riches. I mean, we could not have higher quality facilities. Um, so there's that. I think the, the, the intangible kind of stuff is, is really what the impact was bringing us downtown, bringing us closer to our community partners. So that dance connect program we were talking about, um, it is really helped um, address some transportation barriers there. I, I think just presence, I mean, you can't, I mean, location, 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 right. But, Presence, that's something you just can't buy or get in any other way. i But to me, this it's hard to describe, you know, it when you see it, it's just the proximity to Lubbock ISD on almost a daily basis. It's the proximity to the touring shows in Broadway. It's the proximity to the attitude of this is a world class facility. And, and aren't we fortunate to be here? Mm-hmm. Um, one of our alum who now dances professionally in New York City, but did a did a stint um, in a Broadway show and I love this story. They say that the the director or sorry, the lead of the Broadway show would go out before every single show right before the house opened and just go on stage and just scream. I love this town. And it was just like, you know, where else do I get this experience or this opportunity? And I think it's it provides that it's it's opportunity. Um, I think I'll still another story from from Tim Collins, you know, it's like Buddy Holly made it right. I think Buddy Holly Hall and Bally and Loving these facilities and, and the synergy, it's to find the next Buddy Holly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's. And I think, yeah,
3: yeah it's just the possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you talk about, Our dream was to have Buddy Holly Hall, and now that's a reality. And Ballet Lubbock's dream was to have a new facility, and now that's a reality. But think about all the hundreds and thousands of dreams that we're facilitating. So it's not about our dream. It's about all those other dreams out there. And you just think, like, somebody's going to come to Buddy Holly Hall one day, whether it's through an education program or, you know, who knows what, and they're going to be inspired, and they're going to be amazing, and it's going to be that spark that this one little dream of Buddy Holly Hall created um, in in these other people. So that, to me, that's what's really exciting is just what, all the possibilities and what's gonna come.
1: So I grew up participating in and loving the performing arts. Um, and so to me, this is maybe my favorite place in Lubbock besides this podcast studio table and my couch at my house or something. <laughs> but um, I just think it's so exciting. Um, that that people from all over West Texas are going to have this facility to come and experience world-class performances, whether it be through orchestra or Broadway, you know, theater or ballet Lubbock performances or, you know, world-class entertainers. Um, So I'm just curious, what are you both most looking forward to? What performer, entertainer, what are you Mm. most looking
3: forward to?
2: Bally Lubbock, obviously. Of course.
3: <laughs> well, I tell you, Nutcracker. If if you did not go to Nutcracker in December, shame on you. And mark your calendar right now for Nutcracker twenty twenty two because it was incredible. I, cried. I incredible. Cried. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Yes, it was. And just wow. I mean, talk about taking it up a notch.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, I think I think really it really is because uh, I think because we had the Amy Punchard uh, bomb. <laughs> yes, right? yes. Right? I mean, I, you were Mother Ginger in the sign performance, and this is true. You hold the record for the most people at Buddy Holly Hall today. <laughs> Look at
3: you, record holder. Yeah.
2: You beat like Foreigner and ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, what, yeah, yeah.
1: See, we were just talking about dreams. You just made my <laughs> lifelong dream come true out yeah. right there with that. No, Nick, really. I mean, what was it like opening night of, of Nutcracker at Buddy Holly Hall? I mean, I bet your little pollies were just beside themselves excited about being out there on that stage.
2: Well, there's so many emotions with it. I mean, because it was. I mean getting to be on stage again after, you know, the shutdown of COVID. I mean, so there was just just that. I mean, I think there would have been excitement no matter the stage we were on, but also it's buddy holly. Hall. Mm-hmm. And I, and there's so many favorite parts, what's but I I don't know if I'll ever get tired of standing on stage looking at the audience. Yeah. I mean, that is a a, a view that is I don't. There's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just a lot of emotion behind that, mm-hmm. um, and talk about opportunity and possibility. I mean that. That's it, uh, right there. Um, oh, it was palpable. There was an energy behind that. Because, and my favorite thing about Nutcracker is, you know, and, and I joke, I'm I'm not a dancer and I don't play one on TV, but I. So I would have thought eventually I would get tired of Nutcracker, but it's such a process. I mean, we almost start. I mean, we start kind of year round. I mean, right now we're talking about Nutcracker of 2024 um, students start in the summer. It is a true community, you know, collaboration. And of course the the pho- phenomenon that is the Nutcracker is kind of worldwide. So mm-hmm. we, we sometimes talk about how we steward Nutcracker. It's not really us. It's just the phenomenon of it. Um, so getting to our Battle first big production in Buddy Holly Hall, our first Nutcracker N- the Nutcracker, and 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 it was also uh, the premiere of a lot of new sets that we did mm-hmm. a lot.
1: They were all, beautiful, all new mm-hmm. sets.
2: So that that in itself, the scenery was a four year process for us. So it mm-hmm. was, I mean, it was kind of a, I don't want to throw around rebirth, um, flippantly, but I mean, it was it was a big night for us, and I think. Yvonne and Janie Bush, our production manager, and Letty, our costume designer. I mean, she makes all the costumes in house. I mean, it was it was years of work, mm-hmm. and to be able to see all that kind of come together, um, and and have kind of that that energy in the audience. Um, we 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 give stickers out at, in the front of house that you know my first Nutcracker, and we did that in 2019. I think that'd be kind of cute. We were trying to Disney it up, and we got pretty aggressive feedback about why we didn't have our fifth and 10th and 20th nutcracker stickers
0: <laughs> so,
2: oh. so so we did this year and it was very fun to see how many people were like putting you know adding it up and i mean we had several people that had oh this is my 40th nutcracker yeah I've, you know so it A was wonderful tradition yeah well
1: who huh. are you excited to see michelle
3: hmm gosh i don't know um well Boys to Men, Boys to Men, is coming <laughs> with the symphony. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like rolling through the schedule, and my mind's like, okay, da 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 da. Yes, April 30th, Boys to Men with the symphony. Have
1: you announced this? Yes, They're tickets all are all going to be here. Oh, yes. They're going to be sold Girl. out by the end yes, of this they are. podcast. Okay, well, I'm going to go reserve my seats yes. now. They're singing like Into the Road with. Yes. Wow. They're
3: going to be here. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so i so excited about that.
3: Yeah. Y'all can come with me. Well, yeah, we are.
1: Jared is going to get his tickets yeah. right away. Right. I I mean, waste in. If
2: you're listening, buy them right now.
1: Because yeah. <laughs> they're going to sell out in five seconds. <laughs> Speaking of um, Buddy Holly Hall, Michelle, where is the best place for our listeners to learn more about Buddy Holly Hall and upcoming
3: shows and events? BuddyHollyHall.com. Um, right on the uh, homepage, you can sign up for the Buddy Network and you get um, the first to know about shows coming in and pre-sale codes and all that good stuff. And Nick? For you, I know that you have a big
1: performance coming up here in a few weeks of Cinderella, April 8th and
2: 10th. 8th and 10th. So how
1: can people find tickets for that?
2: You can go to BuddyHollyHall.com or, or BalletLubbock.org. Um, there's a big blue button. We, we've we coded our website. No matter where you click on it, you will end up on the Cinderella page buying tickets. So, um, <laughs> yes, um, that's kind of a joke. Um, so, <laughs> sort of. So so April 8th and 10th, BalletLubbock.org or BuddyHollyHall.com. Awesome.
1: Awesome. So, lastly, what do you think the lasting impact of Buddy Holly Hall will be on Lubbock for Lubbock?
2: My gray hair. Um, no, no.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's see, crow's feet, gray hair, twenty-five pounds. And, uh, not for Michelle personally and Nick for Lubbock. <laughs> um, you know, this really is a once-in-a-lifetime, a once-in-a-lifetime a once um, project. I mean, I can't. Um, there's no. There's no way to know the impact. I mean, I feel like we could have this exact same conversation in a year and be able to tell a hundred stories of impact and things that happen and, you know, dreams coming true and all the things. So, isn't it going to be great when we really do have crow's feet and gray hair and, (laughs) and, you know, we can sit around and say, we were there when Buddy Holly Hall opened and look at it now. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's um, once in a lifetime for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it's the opportunity that I'm pione- going back to that pioneering spirit, the opportunity and the promise. Um, and I think that going back to the design of it, I mean, almost every space, lobby space, outdoor space can be a stage. Um, so mm-hmm. I think it, it, it is the figurative and literal stage for the next generation. Um, it's I don't know, it's, it's just going to be fun to see what happens.
1: Well, I thank you both so much for being here with us today on the Spirit of West Texas podcast, and thank you for all you're doing to celebrate and promote the performing arts in Lubbock and across West Texas. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for having us. us. Yeah.
0: Well, Amy, that was fun. Well, it was for me. (laughs) I have a feeling that with the three of y'all in the same room that... Happy hours just follow y'all everywhere. Is that how that goes? We, find, we
1: tend to find a happy hour from time to time.
0: <laughs> we do. That was just a fun interview and a big fun gathering uh, yeah. that probably should have happened closer to a thirsty Thursday, Thursday yeah, uh, no. happy hour.
1: My 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 boss makes fun of me because very <laughs> often I will start a conversation with, I love so-and-so, or my good friend so and so, and he's like, Everybody's your friend. Like you love everybody, but I really, really mean it when I say that. Yeah, I, love I can tell. Nick and Michelle—they're two of my very, very favorite people, and two people that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, as you should. They're—they're—they're they're, they're good, good peeps. Uh, you know, one of the best takeaways that I got from this thing—that um, came from Nick. And maybe one of the best takeaways from both seasons so far that really stuck with me and i can't remember who he attributed the quote to but that we should never hear good enough for lubbock yeah that really stood out to me and i I wish i remembered who he said it and maybe i can go back and and see who it was but um that if we stand by that quote stand by that Mm -hmm. that idea nothing is impossible if we thought that's yeah, good enough for Lubbock, it would have never gotten to that's this right. point. Never gotten to this point. And this is a world-class facility. It's a
1: world-class facility. And really, you could apply that to West Texas in general. Yes, yeah. I never want to hear good enough for West Texas or yeah. West Texans. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, it's an incredible project. I think, you know, somebody that's been watching it kind of come to fruition over the past few years, I mean, it was a labor of love for many in our community mm-hmm. and, and big dreamers. You want to talk about big dreams? That's a, that's that's a huge. hugely expensive, and beautiful dream. And it was so interesting to hear per, you know, the perspective of Michelle and Nick who really had a front row seat throughout the entire project to hear kind of some inside um, scoop on how that really came to fruition and now what it means for Lubbock and how they're seeing it play out day to day in their roles um, with Bally Lubbock and Buddy Holly Hall.
0: Yeah. Michelle mentioned really wanting to see a lasting impact from this thing. and that I, I can't think of anything else that has had that will have this much of an impact. Yes.
1: So if you're listening out there and you haven't had a chance to visit Betty Holly Hall, Jared and I want to make sure you get the chance to do that. So Bally Lebeck is presenting a production of Cinderella on April 8th and 10th at the Betty Holly Hall at Performing Arts and Sciences. So we want to give you four tickets to Betty Holly Hall to see Cinderella and dinner at Ravon. So Find us on Facebook, First United Bank on Facebook, um, and learn how you can win four tickets to see the production of Cinderella by Bally Lubbock and grab some dinner beforehand at Rayvon.
0: Very exciting. I'll be there.
1: Good. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Until next time.